Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome back to the Grief Gang podcast with me, your host, Amber Jeffrey. The message behind the grief gang is to normalise the topic of conversation that is grief. People living with grief can often feel ashamed, isolated and alone. This podcast was created to break those taboos after I myself experienced all of those feelings after the loss of my mum in 2016. I decided enough was enough and we need to talk about this. You'll hear on this podcast an array of stories and experiences, some being my own and some being fantastic guest episodes and their incredible stories. You'll laugh, you'll cry, but I hope above all, I hope you'll learn. I hope you'll learn that you are not alone in your grief journey, that you have a voice and it should be heard, that you and your grief matter. So without further ado, I'll let you enjoy the episode. Happy listening. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, Grief Gang. How the diddly do are we? Welcome back to another episode of the Grief Gang podcast with me, your host, Amber Jeffrey. Oh, my goodness. I'm really, really looking forward to sharing this episode with you today. It has been something that has been so ridiculously long in the making um, from beginning of like introduction with this guest and then towards literally actually getting a date in and recording and now releasing. It's definitely taken about a year. Um, but these things take time. And after our recording, we fully acknowledge that, you know what, waiting was the best and um, it's created such a wonderful episode. Wonderful is a word that I keep using at the moment. I really, really like it. Um, but before we get into it, and I do it in the actual introduction of to who this guest is, um, I just want to give you a little bit of like a life update of what's been going on since um, you last heard me. Because obviously I'm trying to be an organised babe now and, you know, pre-record some episodes and get ahead of myself. So sometimes when I record an episode that could be recorded, you know, months in advance or like months, I'm not that organised, weeks in advance. And so like I forget to kind of just update you in like these little pocket windows um, if I'm not on the Instagram on the podcast. Um, But yeah, as of, um, well, when this comes to your ear holes, it will be about three weeks since we held our first in-person event. I just thought I'd take a couple of minutes here just to tell you a little bit about it because it was just so amazing. And I think I kind of, I didn't really talk about it much on the podcast in the lead up to it just because like I forgot and I'm just a sieve for a brain. But we held our first in-person event on the 26th of February. And guys, it was a hit. It was an absolute hit. And for those of you that are listening and those that did attend, thank you so, so much for attending. And for those that you know didn't or couldn't make it and are overseas and know how desperately you wanted to make it. Um, but it was so fantastic. We kick-started it off with a panel discussion with four guests. Um, they were Chance Marshall from The Self Space, a mental health contemporary service. You probably have seen me like ranting and raving about them all the time. 
um, Louise Winter, who is one half of the wonderful account Life Death What, who probably so many of you follow and engage with, like they were one of the first accounts that I engage with a grief gang. Suyin Haynes, who is editor-in-chief at Gowden Magazine, um, who I met through TN and Charity support groups, which has become really good friends. And last but never but least, uh, Jermaine Omoreji, who is one half of Thinking Out Loud podcast, which is another great bereavement and mental health podcast. So we kickstarted our panel discussion with that. And I was a bit nervy, B, to begin with, but it was all all right and the room was just full there was literally over about 50 people in there and like you might think 50 people is not a big but when you're in a room and you look out and you're like holy shit that's a lot of people like stood in front of you <laughs> and it was a wonderful panel it was so diverse and just in conversation and experience and sector like I was beaming by the end of it and then we moved into a uh, workshop led by Poppy from the grief case um, and it was just beautiful Poppy printed out these lovely prompts um, that went along the lines of like tell the world their name and people wrote all their loved ones names down and then another prompt that read um, what's what's a grief memory and then like what has grief taught you and by the end of the night this wall in Peckham Levels where it was was just coated in all these writing prompts from people that had like sat down and took five minutes to just like take five minutes to talk about their loved one and honestly the the energy in the room was just electric and we're now like fully in swing of like yeah we need to be doing in-person events even more and not only that we fully understand that as great as it is to be doing in person you know we we have an audience that is worldwide and to be doing some things more online as much as we are stepping back into the offline world and back into in-person things we totally understand and recognize that there's still that connection online as well and we can reach so many people far and wide with this kind of support so basically I'm telling you all this to say keep your little ass peeled because like I I need that that energy again it was just so I'm craving it like I'm actually craving it so yeah I just wanted to share it with you because I love you all and you've all supported me and would never have been able to have like had even the confidence to pull off an event like this if it wasn't for you guys and your support so whether you made it or not just a really big thank you really to everybody (laughs) um I probably don't say it enough to be honest just thank you to everyone who has always supported me whether from the beginning of the, the podcast and the, the community to now whether you're new like it just it really warms my heart and touches me because I just like I said I'm a confident person as it is but it's um there's something really special about standing in a room with people and like meeting people that you've spoken with on the internet for so long and actually seeing them in person and holding their hand and actually seeing they're not in 2d they're in 3d like they're a person <laughs> so yeah keep your eyes peeled for future events both online and offline um what else to update you about what else to update you about um another big update well i'll probably save that for another episode maybe the next episode because it'll be nearer the time oh i'm a little cocktease um <laughs> as if i've just said cocktease on my introduction but anyway i've given you five minutes of a little life update there i probably should start doing more episodes or just things like that and kind of grief related work and things are coming up not to just save it all to cram it all in the, the introduction but today's guest I am joined by Nafisa Ashad, who I have come to know and love literally since about last year. She slid into my DMs and she is the creator and founder of Goodness Gracious Grief on Instagram. You might have seen her share her stuff. Um, And today we are talking about sibling loss. Now, Nafisa lost her sister, Simon Thompson, during um, in 2020 in the depths of the pandemic. And Nafisa has been on a mission to break the taboos around sibling loss and to basically put the spotlight on it really and in this episode we really talk about almost like the silent loss of sibling loss and how it is very much sometimes overshadowed and overlooked which is such a shame and you can I suppose if you've not been through sibling loss imagine what that must feel like to to have your grief overlooked but it be so so like poignant in your life to imagine think I'm getting overlooked here 
and so yeah we talk about that in the episode we talk we answer some of your questions that you wrote in around over a month ago that I put a call out asking you know if you could ask anything about sibling loss what would it be or share some advice so Nafisa and I we go through that during the episode um and we just talk about her wonderful sister Saima and the incredible work that she did Saima she passed away from cancer but during her, her time that she was here she was a huge advocate and um when she passed away there was this outpouring and this was before I knew Nafisa and we actually spoke about this um this outpouring of mourning for her sister because she was so known and so well loved and so we speak about how what is it like to be to or to, to see this public literal public mourning for your sister like that's your sister and almost how do you claim it back for not only yourself but you and your family as well and as much as you appreciate and um uh, very, yeah appreciative of all the public mourning how do you how do you take how do you step back and you hold that grief that you have for your sister just for you when there's such an outpouring of it it's a really fantastic episode and it's really intricate and i really think it's a fantastic episode for, for those who have obviously been through sibling loss but also for those who haven't such as myself it really opened my my eyes and my ears to um the nuances of sibling loss so i'm gonna get out of your ear holes only to come back in and then again in like 30 seconds if less um and i bring to you sibling loss with nafisa ashad happy listening all right here we go Nafisa 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 welcome to the grief gang podcast babe we finally got it in the diary I know right one year in the making (laughs) yeah we're here we're here um hello hello how are you today my darling I'm doing good you know surprisingly for a Monday I'm feeling to be honest I'm still riding the high from last week yeah um as you as you're aware joining myself and Poppy we hosted a collaging workshop at Peckham Levels and I literally had to take the weekend to process and just really sit with how um, well it went and yeah just it was mad it was oh, so it much was, fun it was fantastic and to give you even more context there grief gang yes yeah, so as Nafisa said Poppy and her they hosted a creative collaging um workshop and I attended and I attend because I love you both and obviously you're going to come and throw up for the girls, throw them up for the <laughs> girls. And also because I was like, you know what? I think I need this. Like I need this too. A moment and a, an evening to just sit and just keep my hands busy for one and not have them like my phone glued to it my hands and actually just get creative and just get busy and just see what happened and I mean like the artwork I made was said was questionable but Nafisa has confirmed me it doesn't matter what the outcome was it was just what came um but some of the pieces and the colleges that came out of people I was just like you are amazing and like just flipping through some magazines and seeing what some people picked and thought I'm going to rip that out and and stick that on and what message they were conveying oh it was just stunning you should both be so proud of yourself like I'm totally proud of you both thank you so much it was just really interesting to see what words and images jumped out for different people Mm. and where they were at that day and um, it was just such an amazing combination of uh, people that were grieving loved ones but also people that were grieving experiences and there was this shared sense of connection and mm. particularly with the pandemic how we've all been glued to our phones our laptops it's been the only form of communication for a long time now mm. it's just amazing to see the willingness and excitement from everyone just to connect in person and just have a have a good old chinwag really Nafisa, there is obviously a reason today why you are here on the Grief Gang podcast and we want to hear about it. And so Grief Gang, this is much to my detriment, unfortunately, my first ever sibling loss podcast. I know I'm a prick and it's taken me a long while to get here. And I'm sure now once the lid has been opened, we're not going to shut it because it is a conversation and an experience of loss that deserves to be recognised and should be recognised. For some, it might be recognised as the one of the most silent of losses um, and most maybe, how to say, put aside of losses and di- disregarded of losses. Um, so Nafisa, can you tell me and the listeners who we are here to remember today? Um, 
so I feel like I'm at an, at an AA meeting. I'm about to be like, <laughs> hi, I'm Nafisa and I'm a member of the grief gang. Um, well, all, jo- all jokes aside, um, I am someone that's experienced sibling loss when I lost my sister, Simon Thompson, in 2020, back in the first lockdown. And what to some might have um, been an anticipatory loss and... I might have had some preparation in the sense that she had a stage four lung cancer diagnosis. It very much was rather sudden and I definitely did not have that mental preparation. And to have experienced that in the lockdown as well, when we were so removed and disconnected from family family members and friends and all sense of normality, it was just such an absurd feeling. And so I know there's many people out there that can relate to even that sense of disconnect let alone a loss in that lockdown and do you do you remember how scary that first lockdown was as well there were no vaccines there were no tests and the you know the media were trying to make us feel like it was just in the air as soon as you left your front door and all of that Mm -hmm. stuff so yeah it was rather rather distressing and yeah Saima Saima was and is an amazing human being so she was 31 when she passed and she did not take her 30 years lightly. She squeezed in so much life and joy and experiences into that time. And so, so pre, uh, pre-diagnosis, she actually was the founder of Masala Wala Cafe, a very successful award-winning restaurant in South London that I continue to run with my sisters up until recently. And um post-diagnosis she transformed a lot of her energy and her journey of education and understanding what she was going through into becoming a voice for breaking down taboo topics regarding cancer in BAME communities and young people and she just spoke so passionately and advocated for these causes and her voice is now you know forever available online and her words are written in all of these articles and I'm just so grateful for what she left for us because I feel like at the time I didn't quite understand um, how how she did what she did and why she was doing that. Um, but now I'm able to return to it with a different a different sense of clarity and just very much absorb the the great work she was doing. Um, but yeah, so she's always been my my significant inspiration in my life as I'm the youngest of four sisters and she's the eldest by seven years. And so she was this secondary parental figure as we we grew up in a single mother household a family of girls fiercely close um and then since she passed I realized there was something within me as well this sense of empowerment to to share and learn more about my own my own journey with this loss and what I was experiencing and that that has ultimately driven me to connect with others through the ways I'm trying to do to do so amazing what a woman. What was it like growing up with um, Saima? So if she's the eldest and like you say, she was kind of that additional parental role. What was it like? A seven year gap. Like there's a seven year gap between myself and my brother. So I know that can almost sometimes feel worlds apart. But then as you get older, I've, I've noticed I can get closer with my brother. But when you're younger, like when you're 11 and she's turning 18, like you are worlds apart. What was it like growing up with her? What was she like as your big sister? It's so interesting. So absolutely, you're right in saying as we got older, we became a lot more aligned. And we most of the time, it felt like we were on the exact same level and the same age. But definitely at the ages of um, early teen years where there was this huge gap, what was interesting was how she was actually a bit of a rebel and like breaking all the rules and being the first sister out of all of us to to do many of the things that we then were able to do because she was the first to do it. And that's the the burden you bear as the eldest sibling. Um, but she was just she was just this cool girl, this entity. Everyone kind of knew her at school and she was into indie music. She was a festival girl and really just transformed my music taste she had so many cds and I just have such an amazing memory of her molding myself and my sisters into being better individuals better young women and also if there's any element of me that's cool it very much is due to her 
I cannot take credit for that at all. <laughs> so thank you, Soma. Yeah, she kept you cool. She kept you in check. <laughs> <laughs> When Saima died, I obviously, like you say, with her advocacy work, fantastic advocacy work, a real trailblazer. That's the word that comes from, a real trailblazer. When she died, I, we hadn't connected, me and you hadn't. And I remember during the time, images circulating online and through on my feed and wherever it was, pictures of now I know of Saima and this unanimous collective grief and the outpouring of love and pain through the internet and think I'm thinking who is this girl and but seeing the picture and feeling this visceral pain and seeing this person is so loved and then now knowing you and meeting you and even like seeing your sister the other day and seeing that, I wanted to ask you, what was it like when you lost Saima and to then see all this outpouring of grief from other people as well? How did yourself and your mum and your sisters kind of navigate through that of you have your own grief and then kind of going online and seeing everybody else's grief as well was it quite comforting for you or was it quite well this is a lot like me and my sisters and myself not even you know putting your other sisters aside I have a lot of my own shit to deal with and yet there is this outpouring online it's kind of like she left this fantastic digital print but then on the flip side of that with that digital print came obviously beautifully people who loved and adored her but there's also their grief too how did you navigate through that babe I think it was quite it was quite difficult at the time because something that was so private for us on the day did it did very much blow up and I kept um bouncing between the two feelings and sensations of oh that's actually amazing that there is this outpouring of love because she was so heavily loved and she deserves this acknowledgement and she deserves this shared sense of grief across multiple communities However, it almost meant like I couldn't switch off from it and at times couldn't quite process what I was going through. Mm. And so what I've come to realise now is I was just in this sense of just shock and I genuinely didn't start my own processing for quite a while. So I started to become a bit numb to all of the the photos, the posts, um, the tributes that I was reading and engaging with. Because I just knew. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Just knew how much it did mean, it, well, this loss, but also how much Simon meant to so many different people. And the fact that she was, she was so loved, she had so many friends, but there were so many people online who had never met her mm. and they felt this pain. Yeah. And so I almost, I I just wanted to empathise with that, just how she was this pillar of um, light and love for so many people. I just, I knew, I knew, um, I knew to just be accepting of it, I'd say. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, there's not, there's not one part of you from Wine and the Feast that would look at any of it and kind of go, oh, you know, piss off everybody, stop, like this is my sister. But I I know you're very self-aware to know that, you know, this is beautiful and I'm so grateful and this is just pure 
evidence of what your sister had done and and affected the world and even people that she'd never even met the the mark the digital footprint what what a woman but um I wanted to ask you about with yourself and your other sisters how do you speak about Saima and I know as well you became an auntie too you were auntie didn't you not long not too long after Saima wasn't it yeah so Mm. I think um sibling loss in general is quite a complicated type of loss and it can be quite overlooked but I'd say I'm quite fortunate in the sense that I'm a collective of sisters so being one of four it meant I still had my other two sisters to turn to Mm. um but it was a very it was a very confusing time with my sister being five months pregnant when we lost Saima and so it's both special because now we we have the sensation that our little niece was there with us in the room and that's Mm -hmm. something we will forever treasure but it meant we were quite scared and cautious about the raw grief and that journey of the final stages of pregnancy and I do think we we probably held back a lot in terms of trying to process together what had happened and the pain and we probably shielded we shielded a lot because um first and foremost we were all concerned about the levels of stress um that you know that can impact a pregnancy and I remember having sleepless nights about it and so worried for my sister and just just praying and hoping that everything would be fine and um and of course there's that deep sadness as well that we're missing an auntie and being the eldest sister she she was so maternal as well she would have been the coolest auntie just yeah. constantly around and always knowing always knowing how to be and always knowing the right gifts to give mm. and when to organize a family get together so where we are now missing an essential pillar of the sisterhood it feels like the dynamics have changed mm-hmm. and we're left with a sense of confusion mm. as to who should do what and yeah. whether, you know, something's right or wrong. And I think um, when you miss someone, a very natural response to have is yearning for that connection through someone else. Yeah. And so there's definitely been a few periods of times where we've looked to each other as sisters, like, you know, can you know why are you not filling this hole that's in our life without having to say this by the way this is very yeah. much just a feeling but um yeah I think I'm really I'm really grateful to now recognize what what we were doing along the way but so throw in the on and off lockdowns as well just to make things much harder yeah. so you know typically we're a close family we would see each other every week we were all based in similar locations around South London and then just the huge sense of uncertainty in the wider world with COVID and then the inability to see each other and process things together. But then the uncertainty of my sister's pregnancy and then this huge sense of loss. We we actually just didn't know didn't know what to do or how to be in. I don't think um I don't think we handled it in the great way, to be fair. We only just started to be a bit more communicative a year and a half later. Um, and that is probably why I did start to turn a bit more to creating my own space online, sharing about my grief, because I found as soon as I started to articulate a few words through a written means, my sisters would then turn to me and say, thank you. Aww. You've summed that up exactly how we're feeling and it was almost like we needed that prompt to instigate these conversations that were really difficult to have. Yeah. Oh, that's got me wearing up, Nafisa, because <laughs> as I don't know why that because <laughs> as you as baby sis, um sometimes I think being the youngest and um, we don't realise our power and that maybe not even just to speaking from the youngest or if you're a younger sibling or a younger whatever in the family dynamic of um, as youngest, you may look to your elders and think, I need you to start the conversation. I need you to say the words and I need, and then I'm the one who should go, oh yeah, thank you for articulating the words. But sometimes you don't realise your power as littlest and you to your big sisters and they can go, oh, look our little sister paving the way and putting our words, our feelings into words 
um, and saying thank you and bridging, bridging that gap between, not that wedge, but that gap between of it's okay for us to talk about her. It's okay for us to grieve for her and to acknowledge that sibling loss is really fucking hard. And so that leads me into asking you a very, very broad question, but I'm sure we'll go into layers of it. And then I've got some things and some insights from the community that I asked. Um, it absolutely blew up. Wow. That I can see. I sat there and I thought, Amber, I'm kicking myself. Like there is so much to talk about with sibling loss. And um, I promise this is my promise on air to say I will do better and <laughs> to cater to wider losses. And because there is so much to talk about, so much. But I wanted to ask you to get the ball rolling when did you kind of realize that oh shit my grief as a sibling is really disregarded here or if you kind of knew that from the jump I think initially I was in my own bubble with my grief so I just spent some time like I said in shock and was just like wow, this is so absurd. Um, it was the first significant loss of my life. And I looked to my immediate peers and realised, oh, most people had only, well, not to, not to disregard their loss or grief, yeah. but most people had lost a grandparent. Yeah. And um, none of my peers really had lost um, parents or siblings. Um, I had one close friend, actually, who she lost her twin brother when we were 13. Wow. But because it was such a significantly different chapter of our lives, I still felt a sense of disconnect. Mm -hmm. I, I suddenly, you know, I drastically understood now the yeah. pain of losing a sibling. But I I realised we, we processed that together um, at the age of 13. Yeah. And now we're suddenly 10 years later and I'm going through this, this situation um, so it, with me losing Saima, it actually stirred up a lot for her and also for our friendship yeah. and this new sense of understanding. Um, cause you're, you know, you're, you're very young at 13. But How are you meant banging. to know? You're banging. Yeah. 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 So, um, I, I definitely feel, I've always been fiercely close to her, but I definitely feel a lot, a lot closer to her due to these yeah. absurd situations. Mm. Um, can you quickly remind me of the question? Yeah, no, actually, I, went, I just went. On, I went on a cheeky side tangent. No, yeah, that's fine. And, and I, I want to say as well, like in a weird way, like I'm so kind of glad you have that friendship. Obviously, not glad for your friend that she lost her brother, but for you already in such an alienating kind of loss and disregarded loss that you had somebody in your close vicinity. Although, yes, it was worlds and times apart, you still had someone who you could kind of go to um, in that. But no, I just want to ask you, kind of, when did you realize that? you know, okay, you, you, like you said, you were in your own bubble of grief. But when did you kind of externally realise, shit, my grief and sibling grief is really not accounted for? Yeah, so I, so like I mentioned, I, I looked, I looked around me and realised, okay, that it's quite abnormal. And I felt extremely alone with it and yeah. felt like no one could understand me. And then I had the, the heaviness of the lockdowns as well, just compressing that compounding the sense of isolation um and for someone I'm I'm used to constantly being with people through my work through my friends I'm quite social um and to be suddenly sat alone with the darkest feeling of my life was just horrendous yeah and naturally as you know our, our generation we're Instagram savvy I was just intrigued one day and just started to look online a bit more and I think I, I actually initially started to look at podcasts. I think I found you. And then I was like, okay, interesting, interesting. <laughs> Who's this gal? What's she on about? <laughs> Turns out you, yeah. You had, had a, great a podcast and I was like, on sibling loss, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did, I clocked it. Yeah. I did, I did think, okay. Of course. This is some fantastic stuff. However, there's not um, yeah, you an experience you, I can directly relate exactly, to. Exactly, Absolutely. And then I had a little look online as well. And then I realised I literally couldn't find... There were there were a lot of people sharing story, their stories or um, just trying to cre create some sort of space around a sense of being young and bereaved. Yeah. But I just couldn't find someone going through sibling loss. Yeah. And 
it just, I think it didn't take me too long to just have this urge to share a snippet. Mm -hmm. And so I started to uh, share a series of posts, which were like micro blog posts and revealing a very small, very tiny layer of my experience of grief. Yeah. Because I just wanted to put it out there and see see what would happen and see if I could connect with others. Yeah. And um, lo and behold, I then started to get messages, yeah. managed to find three other people who were going through sibling loss and are particularly at a young age. Mm. Um, so in, in our 20s. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. I've just somehow connected with these individuals through Instagram and we have something horrendous in common but they feel like they're friends yeah um and then yeah I just I just felt driven to share a bit more but also I was quite protective and understanding of my my own journey and my process so I didn't want to start almost oversharing or yeah. sharing too much as if I was some sort of brand or business page I didn't feel like I had to keep ticking over with posts so it was very yeah. ad hoc it was very relaxed yeah um and then I came I think it was the that winter lockdown in 2020 where it was just super dark and miserable yeah. there was oh. no hope in sight no and I was like you know what I haven't I haven't experienced in hosting and running events for other people and other brands and I was like well how can I put these skills to good use and connect with others and so I set about just planning planning supper clubs and workshops and I had a few ideas whirling around my mind and just thought I'd share that as well mm. and see who'd be interested and ever since that moment I've just had consistent um interest in this which has been great and mm. I feel like really really proud and grateful that people would want to trust such a concept but again it's just this whole COVID journey not to bring it up again but that has very yeah. much impacted my ability to plan and secure events and make sure everyone feels safe in themselves yeah um because it's the kind of event you want to hug at really so yeah yeah if you or you if you, you want to be able to touch and yeah and connect yeah. And touch an arm and and console yeah. if need be yeah yeah, not that's sorry. It's not necessarily everyone's hugging. It's not like that. <laughs> people like, don't want hugs. They're do. like, oh, fuck I know. <laughs> I know because some people just don't like hugs, but you know, the optional hugs are yeah, it's nice there. to have. It's there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just felt really, really inspired, and it was just a, it was a beam of light for me, and mm. I just, yeah, felt excited by the idea, but I very much was still in the raw the raw stages of my grief yeah. um, so I was dabbling in a bit of writing for other publications mm -hmm. and started to speak a bit more about my experiences because again it was just it was not really covered sibling yeah. loss so I felt grateful to to fill fill the gap slightly and yeah. that was always confirmed when I had people reaching out thanking me for sharing that experience of sibling loss because mm -hmm. suddenly they weren't alone and then I wasn't alone so yeah. it was just a <laughs> You never yes. know who you're talking to when you put it out into the void and you go, oh, God, I don't think I'm going to get and it, you, know, you don't even do it kind of. Yeah, if you do it to connect. And that's solely why I started grief going. I, thought, I need to find other people in my age bracket who have lost a mother or just in general. At first, I was looking just anyone who has had somebody die. I was like, I, yeah. I don't know anyone who has had anyone die <laughs> my age for one. Let's, let's start there. Yeah. The barrel is low. The bar is in hell. And then let's bump it up to mum. And I was like, okay, someone said mum die. And then like hearing you speak then, Nafisa, from someone who can literally go online and put in like parent loss and be inundated with podcast resources, pages, the whole fucking lot. For me, sometimes I'm like, oh my God, there's too much. Like there's too much. I need to really sift through and see what I connect with. So I'm trying to put myself in your shoes and imagine taking that leap. Like I'm imagining when I went back to first start a grief gang and I put in grief into the search bar. And if I found sort of nothing that resonated, which I did essentially, and being like, okay, there really is nothing here. Like, there's really fuck all here. No one really speaking to my experience. Um, uh, but for for you to take the agency and go, oh, not not and not go, oh, that's really disheartening. You went, actually, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna start. But again, back to your self awareness of knowing you weren't just gonna start splurging like blurting everything out because you recognised your own healing and recognising that 
you could very easily get caught up in the rat race that is social media um mm. and that is unfortunately sometimes does what happens when if you start kind of a uh, creation and ex- expression if it gains traction it can go a very different journey and I feel like I've gone down sometimes I think well like bring it back to the core values what you started this for blah 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 so yeah your self-awareness is is fantastic and I love when you do I love when you pop up like randomly I'm like oh she's posted today she's posted today like she is <laughs> I'm like like, it literally love, is like that it literally but I love it I'm like oh she's here she's, she's okay she's all right she's she's alive she's good she's just showing and she's here um but I love that you don't you don't dance to the beat of the drum and you you come up and you're authentic and you share what you want to share when you need to share it um so I love that. But now I'm going to go into some of the messages and the questions because, babe, Jesus, we've got a few. So I won't be able to get through everything, but I'll kind of sift through. I had to make a whole album for it. Um, oh, my goodness. Wow. I know, I know. So, yeah, had some responses. Yeah, so for Context Grief Gang, um, about a week or so ago before the recording, I put a call out just saying that I was doing a sibling loss episode. And for anybody themselves who experienced it or have some insights that they wanted to share on questions for Nafisa. So let's sift through. Right. Question number one. I'm just going to kind of do a lucky dip through this, like one part, two part, three parts. Somebody says my first year without my big brother any tips any tips for this person when you go through your first year so of course this is so raw for me um because I've only just gone really past that first year mark last year so it's very fresh in my mind and all I can say is be gentle be slow don't feel like you need to open up but Mm -hmm. also at the same time if you feel the urge to open up please do and just remember this is your time you don't need to do anything for anyone else you don't need to you are not you are not the carer for other members of your family and their grief and their journey and just remember as a sibling you need to respect that this significant figure is no longer no longer here in the physical world with us and it's it's just a sacred time it's a sacred time for processing yeah and it is hard just know that it's so hard yeah and it doesn't get easier but at the same time you learn how to hold it with you within you you learn how to move forwards with it still sat there in your chest your heart your mind yeah so yeah I think yeah you kind of learn I always struggle with the yeah I I know it doesn't get easier but when you said about that you're carrying it I almost sometimes picture myself like carrying it like almost physically, but in like different ways. You know, you've got like a really heavy handbag and it's going to be, it's going to be like the worst, like, Bring me an analogy. Do you know what I mean? Please. It's, it's going to be so bad. You know, people are really whimsical and you know, philosophical and things. Mine's like, you know, you got a really heavy handbag, and mm. you know, it's on your shoulder, and you're like, oh, that's annoying. And then you take it to your hand, and then you might hold it from the base like that. You know, like you just hold it different days yeah. yeah it's always there it's just a different size handbag so yeah. it might be one day might be a crossbody bag right? could be a chanel could be a chanel people. classic yeah yeah chanel classic yep yep the other days <laughs> you bits and your bobs in there yeah the other day is a duffel bag Oof. or a camping rucksack Oof. like a traveling rucksack kind of vibe oh. that's where it could get to you can we make it stylish just- like the louis Okay, yeah, sorry. Sorry, I forgot your vibe. There was me trying to be the outdoorsy girl, out and about, you know, does a bit of climbing. I'm like, make it a Louis (laughs) 08. Make it a Louis 08 travel bag and I'm talking. (laughs) But yeah. Different energies. But yeah, genuinely, um, but it fluctuates. Yeah. And the more I speak to other people who who are grieving they're later in their journey so perhaps they've been grieving um for 10 years yeah and it's the exact same you know you can you can have those days where it feels like you've just been floored by it recently and it's all happened recently but then there's also the days where you are thriving Mm -hmm. you are being the best person you can be you are you know owning your day and that's when it's just a little you know, a little coin purse, but it's yeah. there. It's ultimately, it's on your person. It's always there. Yeah. yeah. A little coin purse, love that. <laughs> so 
don't know why that came to <laughs> that me. That's so funny. Um, right, next cue. This one I think is very interesting. I'm very intrigued to hear your answer. And this one came up a lot, but I'm reading this just specifically from this person, their story. How do you tell someone how many siblings you have? My little sister Phoebe died two years ago and my little brother Alex is still living, but they both made me who I am. And it's so awkward to answer the question. How do you? So it depends on the context. Because yeah. um, I've actually, I've, I've navigated two job changes in yeah. the past year and a half. And I'm, of course, meeting new people regularly. I'm meeting friends of friends. Now um, we're all going out and about again. Mm. And the sibling discussion is such a normal one to land on. And so depending on who I'm with, I, I just typically say, I answer honestly and say, I have three siblings and if it's the context I'm comfortable in, I, I might mention that I lost my sister the previous year. But if it's going to make you feel uncomfortable, then, you know, you do you ultimately. Yeah. But I just find, I, you know, I will probably always say I have three sisters. Yeah. And then either choose to give context or not kind of thing. But that is a really difficult one because mm. I guess where you're probably thinking about it a lot more and contemplating how we are here now in the physical um, running around, but they are also with us and yeah. just inside of us and b- beside us as well in, in ways we can't understand. Mm. Um, but ultimately, you know, if you... Case if by you case. Had, yeah, if you had yeah. a certain number of siblings you will always have that certain number of siblings yeah I remember I was looking through some of my messages and there was many questions like that and there was another one asking that exact question and they said as well like they were kind of they were in two minds they were like you know if I say I just have x amount of i.e living siblings they feel like they're doing a disservice to their sibling and saying that they're saying oh like am I wiping them clean and that they didn't ever exist but it's I, I, I would can imagine I can imagine why you would feel like that but then also being aware of reading the reading the context and reading the room whoever it is you're engaging with and thinking do I want to go into this with you do I want to share this with you because not everybody does deserve to know about your person mm. and that's one thing I realized my, my whole like if you spoke to me like pre-grief gang and like the first two years of mum, it would be, hi, my name's Amber. My mum died. Like that was my opening line. It was just, that was just me. And then I realised not everybody deserves to know that, like on such yeah. a personal basis, because it just wasn't met always time it, with love. It, and It and, drains yeah. you when yeah. someone has the, just a, a rubbish kind of yeah, response. Or reception or you didn't expect. Yeah. up or they almost disregard it and move on to the next topic. Like, yeah. oh, did you see the Arsenal game though? Yeah. I mean, that's not actually happened to me. I was just trying to give you a, you know, context, a dramatic yeah. change of uh, conversation <laughs> that can happen. And I just, if you, if you can avoid that yourself, then I think it's the best case scenario is just sense checking the situation you're in and the context you're in. Um, Cause I've also had successful times where I've just said about Simon and said how I lost her and I was, you know, welcome with love yeah. and, understanding and I was given space to speak Mm. um but yeah not everyone's like that and you know it's particularly in our British culture where we just don't really talk about these things which is why many of us then look to the online space for grief chats um yeah yeah, it's just a it's a tough one to navigate it's very intergenerational the uh, difficulty around having a dialogue around anything to do with death loss grief all of that so yeah absolutely right I've got a lot of battles yeah for sure for sure um this person writes I have a question for your sibling grief podcast episode I lost my brother in April when I was 21 aside the fact that I'm grieving him I'm also grieving that he'll never get to meet my future spouse see my wedding or meet my children and I won't get to see him reach those milestones either how do you come to terms with never getting to experience those things with each other now I so know Charlotte was married wasn't she yeah she yeah. she got married um a few months after her diagnosis actually 
And it was just the most special thing. And I'm so glad she got to orchestrate it the way she wanted. It was in her style, very DIY vibes, very cool. Mm. Um, And I'm just forever grateful I could have been there for that day. Um, But it is something that breaks my heart regularly when I start to think about myself and wanting to do these milestones, but not actually having Simon there with me. Um, Because, I mean, I hope... (laughs) hope my boyfriend Dan's not listening but you know I'd hope to marry him at some point yeah. in the near future we've been together almost 13 years and yeah. um, so almost half my where life is that and- ring Dan oh my god <laughs> maybe he should be listening yeah absolutely um- <laughs> send him the episode when it is <gasps> babe that's like me as well <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah but I just mean it's something that comes it enters my mind a lot and is it is quite upsetting. Um, because something that feeds into this as well is my distraught at the fact I always feel like I don't have enough photos together or photos mm-hmm. of Saima. And I just think, oh, you know, what if I make it to an old age? And then that's suddenly a lifetime of well, that's suddenly a chunk of a lifetime where there are going to be all of these photos and all of these memories without her physical yeah. being or her, her face being a part of it. But genuinely what brings me peace is the fact that I'm channeling her energy and I'm always going to bring a piece of her to these milestones and to these events and the way I see myself um celebrating these milestones in life is just honoring her so I don't know what that looks like for now all I know is that I will make that effort and whether that's a a gesture that everyone can see or whether it's something internally I've said to myself or said to my loved ones that, okay, this is, you know, this is for her and this yeah. is for Saima. And yeah, I just know she, I, I feel her with me. Yeah. Honouring her. Yeah. Honouring her always. I will end it. There is so much to go through, but if we were to, we would be here for an eternity. But I think that means all the more reason to have another podcast episode and more dedicated episodes, hey? Um, But I want to end the kind of segment here on a really beautiful analogy that, well, I say analogy, it's actually kind of facts it's science this is so someone commented i think this, i saw this did you see it? I'll, okay, I'll, I'll read it and you'll probably know it yeah. was stunning i think i pinned it because it was beautiful so they replied they commented yes thank you just an interesting idea to share that since many siblings were formed in the same room it's like your soulmates from before you were born and in fact i just heard that younger siblings may carry some of the dna brackets i think i'm remembering this correctly of their older siblings in their bloodstream forever it's called microchimerism just a weird fact i found comforting and validating since the loss of my sibling has been so devastating how yeah, beautiful that literally it it brightened my day when i read that yeah. and I didn't I didn't even feel the need to Google it to fact check it. I was yeah. just like, wow, nice. that makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you we did share that space. Yeah. And that is really special and I'm just so grateful so so grateful to be her sister and I'm sure there's many siblings out there that are just filled with that pride and yeah, it's just such a it's a strange dynamic to be the youngest sibling mm. and to have lost your eldest sister. Yeah. Um because when you say the word elder, it has connotations of being ancient, right? Yeah. But it's just a seven-year age gap. Yeah. Like, come on. Um, <laughs> like, so, she'd be like, you're rude. Like, I was only seven <laughs> years older. She'd be like, can you stop calling me your elder? <laughs> Who do you think you are? <laughs> to end this fantastic episode of Feaster can you what would you give your freshly bereaved self what advice would you give your freshly bereaved self you could go back and you could speak to that Nafisa in 2020 what would you tell her about about the journey of grief that she's about to go on um I'd say for in that instance um in that moment and I'd say to her stop stressing out about everyone else and try to look after yourself because I became so overwhelmed by my pain and empathy for my sister's grief, my mother's grief, my Simon's husband's grief. I felt the pain of everyone as well as my own, which was not healthy. And I caused myself a lot of pain due to that. I'm a huge empath 
and it's something I've been working on which is to not to not feel other people's feelings to that extent um and what I'd also tell her is you're about to embark on a journey that has helped helped others and whether that's a handful of people or whether that's more it's just such a special time to be able to share this experience during a time where I thought I was so alone so so alone and it's I'm not I'm not going to tell her it's going to get better but I will tell her about the handbag analogy as well because yeah. that's quite a stunning one <laughs> so <laughs> some be days like, it'll be a coin what? purse and some days it will be your traveling rucksack but oh anyway, my god do you know what that is going on. that's going on straight promo that is going to be a snippet <laughs> for the episode some days it'll be a coin purse some days it will be a Louis 2008 duffel bag <laughs> I love that you're just rock. trying to assert you're trying to assert the Louis now. You're like, no, 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 no. I'm clawing it back. I'm I'm saying I'm claiming the Louis into my life. That's why this year I'll yeah. get the Louis. I'll get the Louis. You're manifesting the Louis, yeah. Manifesting this... my life. I know. I mean, this is something maybe we'll save it for another time, but genuinely I need to come into the your manifestations podcast and we talk about I it. I know. You know what? Genuinely, Amber, I've been thinking about that. I really need you on because you as a character right. and a being is just incredible. <laughs> There's so much Let's do always it. to say. Let's do it. Let's do it. It'd be fucking hilarious. Oh, Nafisa, tell the people where they can find you and anything to look out for. Um, so I am on Instagram, of course, as mentioned. Um, so at goodness gracious grief. You can also find my personal one if you'd like to stalk me. I'm <laughs> not that hidden. Um but yeah, in general, I think what I'm looking to do is a few more creative workshops. So that collaging one was, of course, really fun and playful. But there are a few other ideas I'd like to explore. And also where food, um, food very much is the centre of my family. As mentioned, we had this amazing um, family restaurant, Pakistani, um, owned by my sister and my mother, which is so nice to defy boundaries when a lot of the Pakistani and Indian food is owned by blokes yeah. um <laughs> but again we'll get onto that another time um but yeah so supper clubs I think where food being the center of the table and the element of sharing food whilst sharing who you are as a person is something that's just been so pivotal to me my friends my family and I just want to continue sharing those experiences with others and so it's the kind of space where you you don't actually have to be grieving. You could literally come along for some good grub, yeah. good tunes and a drink, or you can come along for a creative workshop. Um, but yeah, give me a little follow and you can follow the journey. No, can I redo that? Yeah. Give me a little follow and you'll be able to uh, catch all those updates in the next few months. Absolutely. And I can't wait to see it and to be attending and be at yeah, front row and there. Uh, <laughs> I'm a keen bean. I'm there. I'm like, I'm ready for this workshop. I'm ready for the food. I'm ready for the connecting. I'm ready for the vibes. I'm there. Oh, Nafisa, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today. No, thank you, Amber. Your honesty is just so incredible. I'm really grateful for our friendship that has flourished and yeah just more in real life hangs please absolutely absolutely like i like i'm not gonna see you again girl <laughs> yeah i know i know i think i was more i was stunting i was pretending as if like oh you know it's a big thing but obviously um i literally think i'm gonna be seeing you in the next few weeks but anyway oh, absolutely yeah anyway yeah grief gang we're gonna go back to our diaries and organize date um thanks for listening and take care and big love bye thanks everyone bye Well, that's it for this week's episode. I hope you all enjoyed it and it set your week off to a great start. Whether you've laughed a little, cried a little, I mean, I think crying is good for the soul, or you've resonated with something that was said, thank you for listening and spending time out of your day to do so. If you like what you hear, please do rate, review and subscribe. In doing so, you're ensuring that lots more people get to find the Grief Gang podcast and hopefully help them too. If you're not already, check out The Grief Gang on social media platforms such as Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. I'm most active on the Instagram page where I love, love, love to connect with you all. For now, take care and big, big love. Hi. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.